0: We won't know until November, but you're asking about the night of a thousand tears. Mm-hmm. So these little like things that are just like dropped and like we don't know anything about. I, th- mm-hmm. there's, I think there's a possibility these are the kind of things that may get fleshed out in the novel, the novelization.
1: Uh, reading.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying you have to do reading. I'm just saying, I because I keep thinking about, you know, they, they're leaving. Andy,
1: I don't get into TV shows because I want
0: to read. <laughs> this is our Star Wars homework, Aaron. I'm just saying there might be the possibility.
1: Yeah, but you know how how like mad that makes me? That it's like, hey, you like TV? Well, now you have to read.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't well,
1: watch Law & Order because I need to go learn about the law.
0: Yeah, I understand that, but... But then that means that someone can say that the book was better now. Don't you understand? That's why that's how we know. It's-
1: oh! <laughs> <laughs> that's literally the best part about pornography is no one's ever told me the book was better.
0: Exactly. Never, never. Every all. other
1: genre people argue, <laughs> but that one's left alone.
0: Yeah, I've been like, fingers crossed, hoping for some sort of like, you know, pictures and words, comics, sort of thing to come out of this because you know I too am I, not. Yeah, super I don't excited. mind a graphic
1: novel or something, you know. Yeah. But like, <laughs> words, only words. Yeah. I already watched the show in closed captioning. Isn't that enough? I do
0: feel like my reading comprehension has gone up since we started doing the since we started doing this.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think. <laughs> I tell people I, meant- I read every day now
0: i'm at a full-blown adult reading level
1: now i'm impressed yeah at least 50 andy is this the way i think so (laughs) (laughs) one day someone's gonna ask you that regular life like you'll be on a hike and you'll be like is this the way and you're gonna be like what do i tell her (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah i'll be like according to the nav computer
1: <laughs> they're like andy we need help we're lost <laughs> this way. guys we are running down chapter seven the reckoning directed by deborah chow i am aaron michael marsh with me as always is andrew c leonards yes i know that's not your middle initial. <laughs> that's fine <laughs> i should change it every time you'll be andrew d leonards <laughs> andrew oh. j leonards everybody Welcome to the podcast if you've been enjoying this and you want to enjoy more of this please subscribe and rate and review and we have other episodes if this is your first episode welcome you know uh, if you are listening to this in some random point in time which all points of time are random we are recording this after the second season so Andy and I are well aware of what happens in the next season but we are finishing the first season now. And so we will not ruin anything for you that happens in the future. You're safe here with us. We are just your listening companion guide to the Mandalorian. Yes. On Disney Plus. Progressive
0: Disney. reveal, right? We're on a progressive reveal. So we won't tell you anything that hasn't already been shown to you as a result of Chapter Seven.
1: Absolutely. Of course, because, you know, we want you to enjoy the show the way we enjoyed the show. But much like many people who enjoy the show, every episode gives you as many questions as answers totally and we're here to help you through that so our episode andu andu
0: yes <laughs> also might star my star wars, wars name. name yeah andu <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. that's great i'm really happy yeah.
1: with that i will uh by the way mispronounce really easy words yeah. i do that i <laughs> i wish i didn't Andrew, we start off on the Razor Crest, baby's asleep, that's not important, but you know, I'll tell you about the baby being asleep. We see a grief cargo hologram requesting that Mando come, and that they're, now, at this point in time, we thought they were enemies, and he's like, we're not enemies anymore. We need your help. Uh, We'll give you money. Please, the client has taken over Navarro. Uh, He's called Martial Law, and he's taken over, and we need these guys out. And uh, Mando needs somewhere to go, so he's like, let's do this. Let's clear my name, Let's take some money. I could do all this, but I'm not doing this alone. He goes to Cara Dune. We find her at the the Sorgan Common House where we last saw her, I believe, in episode four. Yes. uh, Yep. And she's fighting a Zabrak. Is that how you pronounce that? Yep, it is. That's the same species as Darth Maul, except this guy's much beefier than Darth Maul. And as a wrestling fan, I was very excited to see that they were in some kind of rope match. In wrestling, they would tie a rope around each other's waist and fight it out. In Star Wars, it's like an electrical current that doesn't allow them to get too far away from each other.
0: Yeah, I loved that yeah. that as a as a piece for this, and and it does appear that if they were like, like when you get a certain distance away, it actually shocks you, so mm-hmm. it sort of like keeps you in a particular uh, yeah particular range for for fighting. So I thought that was a really cool little little bit here, and and uh, and Gina uh, Carano gets to show off her fighting abilities
1: exactly you're gonna get a ufc fighter. you're gonna give her a couple action scenes yeah and so she wins the fight it's just for money you see her kind of collect some petty cash around the bar and we get to uh mando and her have a little spotchka he offers her money to join him and she's like ah no there's a bounty on my head i'm not leaving and then he's like but there's imperials involved and she's like well then i'm in yeah. right because that's how she does it they go back to the razor crest they go for some weapons she reaches for a thermal detonator we've seen those in return of the jedi That's the, that's what I mean by helping you out. You know, like we saw that with princess Leia and they're in every star Wars video game. It's like, it's the star Wars grenade. It's very common, but it's cool to see one, you know, like I I enjoy it. And then uh, they go and they go to recruit quill who we've seen in a couple episodes previously. And he uh, he's on Arva seven. So now we're on, we're going back to all of our old places. We're going back to all of our old friends. And he looks right at the child and goes, this doesn't look like a clone, which is uh, he doesn't say that in those words, but he does. You know, like he's just like, this doesn't look like it's farmed genetically and really interesting thing to be told in the Star Wars galaxy. You're like, oh, okay, we're going to get into clones, I guess. And this is not one interesting.
0: And and uh, and. Uh, our our uh, intrepid uh, hero Mandalorian, uh, the Mandalorian, um, uses a term that some folks may not be familiar with, which is idea of a strand cast. And so, if you played uh, if you played the um, two thousand seven two thousand eight um, the Force Unleashed uh, Star Wars Force Unleashed games one and two, um, there's some cloning in there, at least in the video game universe. And so. Um, this idea of kind of having uh, some level of of clone aspects within the universe has been played around with in the Legends universe, but we haven't really seen too much of it um, within within the proper Star Wars universe ex- outside of uh, Episode Nine, uh, The Rise mm-hmm. of Skywalker. Right. So, um, our, our beloved Hobbit uh, tells us, you know, that the Sith were into dark things like uh, cloning mm-hmm. and whatnot. So Very it's much. Interesting, interesting also to know uh, a, a bit more. We get a little bit more into Queel's service, uh, his indentured servitude. To, yeah, exactly. Because uh, they weren't like, they the we want
1: you to uh, fight with us. And he's like, no, yeah. no, no. Since I was an indentured servant, which we saw in the original Star Wars trilogy that yep. a lot of Ugnaughts were. They were it was what a nice way to say slave um, and yeah. he said that he worked his way out so he did something to get some sort of money to be able to buy his own freedom and he wants to enjoy his own freedom so yeah. he's not interested to go in but he will offer the service of his uh, his droid to help babysit the child and of course Mando doesn't like droids but it is IG11 who we thought died in the first episode yes and so they pull out their guns because they're like I know this droid and he wants to kill this guy and he goes oh no 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 I've refurbished them and reprogrammed him. You know, like he was, you destroyed his brains. I made new brains and had to teach him how to do all things again. And now he's a nurse droid. He had uh, of course he comes from his droids used very much for hunting and bounty hunting. Yes. And now he's used for nursing. And so he's like, Oh, this is going to be great. But Amanda's like, I don't trust Boston dynamics. I've seen these videos on the internet. <laughs> and <laughs> right. But he kind of is like, but Quill's like, don't you trust me? Cause I taught him how to do this. He goes, I do. And he's like, so we're all going to come with you, uh, but we're going to need to bring some blurgs along, which I didn't realize that the Razor Crest could just toss on blurgs. Yeah. If, uh, I mean, you've seen the episode now. <laughs> They're like the size of Buffalo. If yeah. somebody was like, hey, jump in, we're going to get pizza. Like, oh, cool. Can I bring my three buffaloes along? You're like, you know what? This isn't going to work. But the Razor Crest had no problem holding a couple blurgs. Yeah, well, and
0: definitely we, we we see the cargo carrying capacity at least there. I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty nice.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, while they're killing time up there, Mando and Cara Dune are arm wrestling in which the child force chokes Cara Dune, letting us know that the child's a little more aware than we realize. Yes. The child doesn't really seem to be that aware in things, but this time we definitely we're definitely like, oh, no, look, this lady's fighting with daddy. I have a bond to daddy. I'm just going to force choker to get her to stop arm wrestling.
0: And we get basically in in you know the first two-thirds of this episode, we we get more sort of nuanced character development for Baby Yoda than we probably mm-hmm. did in you know the last uh chapters, you know, probably three, yeah, through, three through six, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. So it it's it's definitely uh, really interesting. And then, you know, there's a there's a, a sort of nod here that for the most part, when you see someone choke someone, we think of that as being sort of a dark side use of um, dark side yeah, use of the force. Yeah, very
1: famous Darth Vader move.
0: Yes, for sure, but um, it's it's worth calling to attention at least that that at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, uh, Luke does Luke force choke you know, the Gamarian uh, guards, right? So so there is um you know it's we're not you know <laughs> I don't think this is a sign that you know Baby Yoda is uh, that the child is evil, but it definitely no. shows uh, that he is also in protection mode. And I thought it was quite interesting to have that come right after Queel talks mm-hmm. about IG Eleven being. Uh, he won't harm, but he will protect. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting little uh, carry-on right away. So
1: Well, also, to have this much already happen in this episode, showing us that these episodes that we thought were filler, just sort of like here's a plop episode, here's a plop episode, is really building to a bigger yeah. thing. We're watching all that happen, too. Uh, the Razorcrest goes to Navarro, and grief cargo meets them in the middle of the desert and so it's kind of like hey the city that we once landed you in isn't as safe i brought three bounty hunters with me so to watch my back i see you brought your people can we get your people away from ours and they're like no we're not doing that and then he says that uh and grief cargo tells cardoon that she needs to cover up her arm tattoo and we never find out what that arm tattoo means but he says it's like it's like she's flexing you know yeah. like you don't need to to boast that around so it's definitely like a peacocking flexing thing
0: yeah and, and, and i wish i knew you specifically know, what it was and i have looked a little bit into it and and other than it being sort of uh a, you know we can see that mm-hmm. it, and we this i'm not telling anyone anything you didn't get out of this but that it's yeah. it's the distinction of uh of a dropper or a shock trooper so it's um, mm-hmm. You know, in essence, this sort of uh, a sign of uh, yeah, maybe I was curious if it was
1: a marine sort of thing, like the way the Marines put their yeah. their logo for their marindom or if it was like some kind of ranking. But there is nothing that really shows. I saw a couple of things that were like, these are good ideas of what it might be, but yeah. nothing specific. So I don't have anything for you guys on that. And I think that's a good answer, actually, yeah. because it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, we could speculate, but that's not what I'm in the business of. I'm in the business of explaining what this is, and it's not explained yet. Maybe season three. Definitely not yeah. season two, because we've seen that, and uh, I would wink at you if that was what's going to happen.
0: All right, yes. so they
1: uh, they go to the night. They discuss their plans, and then they get attacked by a giant bat, uh, which Wikipedia <laughs> has it listed as a reptavian. Yes. And – I was so excited to do Navarro,
0: like,
1: Yeah, which I was like, where have we seen these before? And is like, nowhere, only here, stupid. Right? And I was like, <laughs> okay, I accept. But that's important that it shows up because it hurts grief Karga and uses yes. some kind of venom on him, and Grief Karga immediately goes into I'm dying mode. Which kind of come off comedically, for him to just be yes. like, oh, I'm hitting the arm. Well, this is it for me. This is the end. <laughs> like is it yeah. like we don't we can amputate here now on earth i'm sure they can amputate even if it was venom but he was already <laughs> on dying
0: mode well in and, and one of one of uh, uh grief's uh one of grief's um members of his protection detail is also mm-hmm. carried away by uh the raptavian and as, as well and mm-hmm. so you know we we do get a bit of we you know one guy's dead and now here's grief thinking that he's gonna in essence succumb yeah, just to just one
1: wound is this venom. that's enough for me to to die but they're from the same planet, so uh, he knows better than I do. But the baby then goes into ominous, gonna touch you mode. Heals like an X Men, yes, and uses the Force medically, which yes. I am not sure if I've ever seen that before. I mean, Sad. outside of Mr. Miyagi and Danielson in the end of the first Karate Kid movie, you know, like it was definitely very
0: so. Yeah, so this is one of those interesting things, right? There's a, there's a class of Jedi that are that study the healing properties of the Force, and um, and so so you know for uh, somebody had had asked me kind of like you know what what was up with this and um, and they they sort of thought this was something that had been injected into the Star Wars universe in the follow up um, in seven eight nine um, because we see you know Ray having some of these abilities uh in in the that part of the the newest latest uh sequels. yeah, we see and- some
1: sort of stuff like that but it's never been like this where there's an open wound yeah and the wound closes and heals
0: yeah so it well i mean i i i maybe i'm maybe i'm misremembering but in in rise of skywalker uh, ray does um ray does mm. heal kylo ren um, oh, in a similar okay. in a yeah in a, in a similar um in a similar vein this is something that had existed in the Star wars universe and it's also something that you would see in Star wars video games where you, there were particular classes of jedis that were adept in force healing
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and so, so when you when you go just come and, out
1: one week before rise of
0: Skywalker uh, right around the same time. So that was why yeah. that was why I had people asking me, like, what's all this crap? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, uh, no,
1: this is still, I like, believe, the first appearance of seeing yeah. it like that. But yet we saw it a week later in the movie theater because they timed that pretty well. I remember when that was going through at that time. Um, yeah. But it was a really it was really unique to see, really interesting. Yeah. But also how important story wise, because now Grief Karga is like this child. Has.
0: Yeah. He oh. owes, he owes, Uh, you know, he owes the yeah. uh, child now. And that, you know, definitely interesting. And yeah. And in a
1: Chewbacca like Han Solo way.
0: Yeah. Like a kind of life debt sort of a, a sort of deal here. Right. And, and so, um, and definitely, you know, the occurrences of this have been, uh, in, or uh, we, we should point out that, uh, that early on, uh, I think it's in either episode one or episode two um, when Mando is hurt, the, The child is trying to heal Mando, but Mando kind of pushes him away. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, that's kind of completes the full loop here for us as far as being a viewer of like, oh, now we know a bit more about about what he was doing.
1: But you could also see where like these people were aware there was a high bounty on the child. They weren't exactly sure why. And now they've officially seen its powers. You know, like, because Cara Dune knew a little about the choking on the thing, but then she yeah. saw this and goes, oh, okay, this child has many powers. And Grief Karga had no idea and was like, oh, no, this is, I understand now why there's such a high bounty on this kid. Yeah. So they come in the morning, they're walking in the desert, and Grief Karga kills his bounty hunters. He turns on them and kills them. Oh, Andy?
0: Well, no, and and the other thing I love about this sequence is, is you you get this kind of idea that that Grief is sort of, you know, of old power but you know may not be that able Uh and what we what we see in this little moment is he's a fast draw he himself may have been a Uh gunslinger him you know in in the way that he's able to take them out before uh cardoon and um and mando are able to even fire off a shot Uh so um but yeah the really interesting a interesting turn um we we now know as viewers maybe the fact that he had such a simple plan was a tell that perhaps this mm-hmm. was about to happen um but for sure and it was interesting because
1: he does reveal his plan he goes hey i'm gonna be honest with you mando i was gonna kill you and i was going to take the kid away but then the kid saved my life and now i owe the kid something and and i can't kill him now and yeah. so i killed my guys and now i'm on your team we're all team one we told you we were team one we weren't but we are now (laughs) you know which is also like hey wait a second can we trust this guy you know like because he definitely led us here to be like you're not in trouble with me anymore and now he's just like i lied about that i was actually i used that as bait to kill you um but not anymore because now i'm honest and we just kind of go all right i guess he's on our side now (laughs) yeah uh, and so quill now takes the kid and they're like, we're going to head into town. We're going into Navarro. There's a lot of stormtroopers. We see a little bit of the stormtrooper presence at the gates. A little bit like from the uh, when they first go into Moise Isley in yeah. Star Wars, where you're just like, oh, this is heavily patrolled. And so Quill's like, Cl- I'm taking the kid back to the Razorcrest, put him on my mm-hmm. blarg.
0: Yep, clearly under imperial control. Like, uh, like they we've you know, been talking or we've been told, but but perhaps uh, grief had undersold. You know how 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 large the
1: presence really was. He definitely did. He didn't think he was gonna have to show them, and now he's like, I got a new plan. And so the plan was to put Mando in shackles and walk him in like they captured him, and it yep. works. He goes right up to the stormtroopers and they're like, I want to buy his helmet, and they're like, No, 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 that's my trophy. <laughs> You know, and they're like, and that's it. And they're now they're through, right? Yeah. And they meet up with the client. The client, by the way, is real- an RA Seven droid. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, we're just real quick. Uh, the 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 scout trooper that asks to buy Mando's helmet is uh, Adam Pauly, who people may know mm-hmm. from uh, from Iron Man Three. Um, so just a just as a quick uh, quick aside there before we get back right. to the client.
1: Yes, which by the way, they um, that stormtroopers or the scout troopers are Adam Pauly and. Jason Sudeikis from Saturday Night Live. Yes, and they well, jump we... on those speeder bikes, but they really have a bigger presence in the next episode.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say we don't we don't hear Sudeikis yet, but uh, but mm-hmm. I thought I would call out at least the the Adam Pauly line there,
1: which might be a little bit of a spoiler, but not a big yeah. enough one where that's gonna really. I didn't tell you anything nah. about the episode. You just you know there's gonna be more stormtroopers in episode eight, totally. but um yeah um <laughs> I will ruin that for you. There's more stormtroopers <laughs> in the next episode. Judges, I'm not the spoiler guy.
0: We'll allow it.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, but they go to the client, and he has an RA-7 droid, which we first saw in A New Hope on yep. the Jawas thing. I remember as a kid thinking that it was a C-3PO droid with a different head. They're just both protocol droids, so I make that yeah. mistake as an idiot child. So if Idiot Me is listening, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, if Listen idiot Me, me. He's listening to this podcast, <laughs> you suck. Downvote, rate, review me in the... On the show, um, and the client, he kind of takes the word for it because they bring an empty shell that the child supposedly in. They kind of fool that they have the child with them because they bring his floating. What do we what do we call that? Carrots. So it's. It's
0: apparently there's, they they keep referring to it by the British name, which is a pram, P R A M, mm-hmm. which is short for prambulate, which means to like walk around, and uh, and so you'll you'll hear it. Um, I think in like the visual guides, it's referred to as a re- repulsor carriage because it can float, mm-hmm. so it's a it's got re- it's got a repulsor engine mm-hmm. sort of aspect. But but the the client does actually use the term pram, like yeah, um, and it's like talking asleep. about it
1: i like, oh, we'll be quiet. Open it up. And they're yeah. like, no, he's asleep. And he just takes that as an answer. And then he's got a call. He's got a little yep. hologram call. He goes up, takes his hologram call, and we see Moff Gideon, which question, have we seen Moff Gideon yet?
0: No. and This, this is, is the, our
1: first appearance of him. This
0: is the 100% first appearance, and it's one of those moments where we realize that the, the client – is just the person we know. He is not in essence the real bad guy. There's always in yeah, the empire he's the there's the client usually,
1: of Moff uh, Gideon. So exactly. we're just like, "Oh, this is just our middleman." Yep. This is the guy because Moff Gideon's not going to get his hands dirty. He's got this guy making his hands dirty, which by the way, notably, dirty stormtroopers all over Navarro. Like they're yes. not it's not like this is high budget, There's just a lot of people. And yeah. so the all the stormtroopers costumes are very dirty. And he goes, hey, did did they have the kid with him? He "He does have the kid. He goes, check again. Because, of course, Moff Gideon can sense the child's not with him. And then all of a sudden, something from outside just starts to open fire on them and kills the client. Um, I believe, does he kill the four stormtroopers that are in the room with them?
0: The dirty ones?
1: Or are they alive? I believe they are.
0: they end up dead, but I think that's because once once the crossfire starts, that's when uh, Mando, grief, and Kara take out the other uh, the other individuals. So they're distracted by the fact that you know the first shot basically takes out uh, the first shot takes out the client, uh, and then we get the full uh, wrath of what we find out sure. after the windows are broken out is a, is a small platoon of death troopers.
1: Yeah, because they did note that there was only four stormtroopers in the room with them because they could take on that battle. And uh, once we see that the client is destroyed and now the windows are kind of burst out, we then see an Imperial trooper transport show up, which first appearance was a Kenner toy that never appeared on screen. They just had him left over lying around. So they slapped Star Wars stickers on it and sent it out to sell. And those guys, (laughs) you know, Dave and... um, and who's the director Dave of and John, anime. uh, basically John.
0: again, pulling out the deep cuts here. Yeah, And so this is, this is the Imperial troop transport. We, you know, if you, if you've watched, uh, rebels, then you know that, uh, that Filoni is at least fond enough of the Imperial troop transport to bring that into the rebels universe. Uh, and so we get it here for the, uh, my understanding is this is the first time we've seen any of it in live action. And like you said, this was that, that 100%, toy.
1: as a, as a nerd about the toys. That yeah. was very exciting for me because it was like that was a trivia question about that toy that it never appeared. It was just yep. a thing that they repurposed, and now it's actually canon. It shows up, and like a clown car is just full of stormtroopers <laughs> that all run out, and they go, "Oh, now we're definitely way outnumbered." And um, and so Mando calls Quill and his link. We've seen comlinks used as like little things to communicate with, and yes. all the way from the beginning, you know, a New Hope yep. is very famously it's Han and. Uh, Luke are using them when they're dressed up as stormtroopers, and uh, where am I at with this? And then there's the two scout troopers. We go back to that. Yeah. They well, we find, find out Quill. that the com
0: channel, the com channel, is not uh, is not secure, right? So. Yeah this is something that's interesting uh you'll often hear uh you often hear them say you know okay we're on a comm channel or, or mm-hmm. the comm channel is secure or something on those lines yeah the comm channel is not secure and uh no the bike, those the biker moves. scouts as
1: soon as they hear it they jump yep. on their bikes and they just take off it's yep. pretty impressive as everything else is loading in so they're like it's like a magic trip where like everyone's just like oh no stormtroopers the scout troopers are like Hey, did you hear that? Let's go check out that. They go out there, they find Quill, and they kill him. I'm sorry to say that so fast because it is. we do like him. It is sad Dad. to see, but he gets shot down before he gets to the Razor Crest, and the scout troopers take the baby. They scoop him up, they have him, and then we see the TIE fighter come in over the stormtroopers and we watch a TIE fighter land on land for the first time. Yes, we do yeah we see the wings um they sort of crunch down instead mm-hmm. of being the straight lines they are to become like two half x's and lower down and moff gideon comes out and we see him in person for the first time uh played by the guy who got his Jordans stepped on and do the right thing that's how <laughs> i know him <laughs> and and he's like hey mandalorian you stepped on my jordans right yes. like Except he uses way different words. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're about to see. It's a, it's a property a argument, showdown.
0: though. Yeah, it's a property argument, though. So
1: it is. And uh, I was waiting to see what kind of time we're doing on this episode, because I didn't know if this episode or the next one I was going to talk about the 501. Yeah. So we get to that point where there's a standoff and it's the end of the episode. Uh, a couple of things I'd like to mention about the episode right off at the end is moth is a ranking in the star Wars universe, much like Darth, Darth Vader, his first name's not Darth. You know, we know that now because we've met other Darth's. same with Moff, Moff Gideon, Gideon's his name, Moff is his title. Uh, I found that interesting. And so I thought I'd throw that out there so you guys have that knowledge from the Star Wars universe. But I want to talk about the 501 is that there's a lot of these stormtroopers that, by the way, they're all very clean to let you know that this is coming from not this planet. It looks much more high budget. Like it looks like a real it's the difference between the actual military and the people that showed up on the Capitol. You know, like yeah. it's like, no, no, this is this is the actual military. This is the actual Imperials. They're actually here for this child. This is by no accident. You have been lured in For this to happen.
0: And it, it, you know, helps really clarify the distinction between the ragtag group that the client Mm -hmm. has around him. And the fact that, you know, these are, these, these are individuals who are like proper full blown. Um, they're not, you know, they're not a local militia. So for
1: sure. No, they are not. This is definitely coming from a much more just to use an American term federal place. Yeah. Um, but the 501 is a group of people all over the world. There's an internet group that have stormtrooper costumes, they're movie quality costumes, and they do the conventions, they do parades, they often go to hospitals. If a kid is like a make a wish kid and loves Star Wars, they will have someone dressed up in movie quality stormtrooper costumes and Darth Vader there to like go say hi to the kid. And when it came time to make this scene, they didn't have as many costumes and everything else they needed. So they asked the 501 to show up for this. They asked for a large cattle call is what we call it for extras out here. They asked for a cattle call of stormtroopers. And that's just, we need a crowd of people. Well, a cattle calls anything more than 50 under 500. I think
0: that this was a, this was a, f- a
1: favor from Dave Filoni to the 501st. Yeah, so, well, they didn't know what they were going to. They yeah. just knew it was a large gathering. They got on buses on their uniform, which, by the way, fun fact about Stormtrooper uniforms, you can't sit down in them. They're PVC, and so they're only meant for standing. Yeah. So these guys had to like, only kind of like half be in costume, sit down on a bus, go to a place where they're driven onto a set that has a stor- uh, TIE fighter already landed, and they are being told that they're not going to be extras in this Mandalorian show. And so it's the coolest thing they got like, that is how you get the most hardcore fans totally involved in this thing. And as a star Wars fan, I don't, I couldn't love it more Yeah. to be like, Oh yeah, we've got actual 501 fans to get on their costumes that they did out of their love for the thing. And as John Farber said in other interviews, he said that they already know how to act like strong troopers. They've been yeah. doing it for fun for their whole lives. They go and, they do these things and so to ask them to do it in a regular thing and like they just are already ready you said so would be like okay you guys need to line up like this and then we're gonna have you guys do this and they just did it and it was super cool um anything else you want to say it's- about that andy well, no, it just it, it, like
0: to the to to Pharaoh's point, like they don't just look the part, they move, embody, inhabit the part mm-hmm. all the way through. And so that was a really awesome thing that and, you know, so you you were the I think first person to mention the 501st appearance in this to mm-hmm. me. Um, I just had assumed that it was one of these things where, oh, yeah, you know, like these I I figured these were all like full blown, you know, full blown Lucasfilm extras. Right. Like normal. That's what I assumed. uh, I assumed it was central
1: casting at first. And then I found out it was the 501 before Gallery even came out. It was just like some on a bunch of Star Wars groups where we can talk to each other about action figures. And it was really neat to find out that they did that. Um, Anything else you want to say about this episode? That's the end of this episode.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think so. I mean, we you know we we've hit all. I think we've hit all the real high points here, and and um, what a what an awesome episode, right? The so you know the reckoning puts us in this spot. We get a bit of a, a cliffhanger on on where uh-huh. we're at with the overall story, um, and then all of the awesome richness that we sort of want to hear out of uh, out of a Star Wars story like this. It's really absolutely.
1: Great. Yeah, and I did question whether we should make seven or eight together, but I think for the sense of somebody watching along, yeah. we should separate it. Um, I love this episode. I've said that I feel like in, throughout this entirety of this podcast, I've said seven and eight are my favorite. Yep. I think they're tens. So this is ten out of ten refurbished IG 11s uh, if you're asking me.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't I'll give an IG eleven out of ten. You know what I mean? Like it's it's good.
0: Yeah. No, I would give this. I would give this a ten out of ten, and you, you know, I mean, listeners know me by now that I give away, I give out a lot of tens. But yeah, uh, we, we
1: do. But also, I've gotten an email that was like, "You guys actually really love this show," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. that's why we're doing this."
0: Yeah, our totally. love for the
1: show was well established before we did this podcast. Super happy to do a show about a show I love. Yeah, it's great. We, can't get any better. Sorry, really. WandaVision. Vision.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not happening. Uh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not making no WandaVision show. Even though I got a code where like, oh, you can do that next. I don't love WandaVision the same way I love Mandalorian. I just no. don't. Andy, is this the way? Of course. Damn right it is. <laughs> uh.